Welcome to the Winner's Manual 2.0 with Jim Tressel and Simon Harris. So today we're going to uh, have the opportunity to interview uh, a mentor of mine in uh, coach and president Jim Tressel. And uh, I think first I'd like to start out with uh, the background on how even all of this came about. So, um, you know, years ago when I was starting, this was almost over five years ago, I think now, uh, I was trying to start uh, help to bring inspiring minds to Youngstown. And um, one of the things that got in my mind and in my vision for whatever reason was to uh, host a first fundraiser and I wanted to have Jim Trussell. I just didn't know how it was going to happen. And uh, I remember um, Mr. Lucarell saying that he would, uh, and, and so Mr. Lucarell ends up being a longtime friend of mine who was um, somebody that when I was in high school would kind of help me take, take me under his wing and we've always stayed in touch. He, he mentioned he may be able to get me together uh, with you and uh, what I ended up doing was just getting dropped off at Youngstown State one day. So I, I had uh, Keelan Logan, I think, drive me. I got dropped off to where I thought your, uh, your office was, and I knocked on the door, and I asked for five minutes. And uh, I, I, it surprisingly lets me in. And I think you had these rings or something. Something was over there with the rings. And um, we sat, when we sat down, he gives me f over 45 minutes. And so I asked him to speak and he says, let me check with uh, my bride and see what's going on. And he said, well, I'll let you know next week. And I'm thinking I'm not expecting it to happen, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Saturday, I remember you texted me and said he checked out one of the videos and said he would, he would do it. And he was down, to, he, he would do it. So uh, we opened up with, uh, with that and little did he know that I was going to latch on and not let go. And so, and so then I asked him to mentor me. And again, not expecting to get a yes answer. You were driving back from, I was sitting in my office at my house and you were driving back from meeting somebody politically, something was going on with the Senate or something in Ohio, something with the government. And you were driving home and you called me back and I asked you to do it. I said, if it's not you, maybe you could give me somebody because uh, at that point of my life, I could attribute a lot of my success. I can connect them back towards having the right mentors. Fortunately, I, or unfortunately, I, I hit a point where I started to look around and there wasn't really anybody that was further along than me or had one more than me that I can ask from because I was in my circle from my business and some people that I've met there. And so it's not that I couldn't gain wisdom from other people because I do all the time, but I didn't have a consistent source of somebody in leadership to help to navigate uh, me and allow me to pick their brain. And so he said that he would. And so we start to uh, meet and I think it's ironic, you know, as I roll into some of the questions, you know, you've won everywhere you go, you know, so you get to win at Youngstown and, you know, within a couple years, you winning already at Ohio State. I mean, you're at a major level and then you win again as a president uh, of, of a university and you've, you've just changed gears so many times and find a way to win. And uh, I think it's ironic, you know, for me that over the last couple of years, you start to spend time with me 
and uh, we were winning, but but all of a sudden we're winning at a higher level. And uh, you know, for our company, we won Agency of the Year last year, which is very difficult to do. It's almost like winning a national championship uh, again, you know, after you've done it before. And the, the longer you're around, the harder it is to do because you're playing against some crazy numbers. And uh, we won it all, you know, last year, and we've been growing at a pace that we hadn't grown in years. And I think a lot of that has to do with the time that you spend with me and, uh, and, and help to guide me and other people more than you, than you think. So, well, you know, uh, when, that's you, the when you knocked on my door, I wasn't going to make the same mistake again. When I didn't recruit you to play for me and you went on and did great things, you know, you, you make mistakes. I didn't end up having you playing for me back in the day, so I wasn't going to make that mistake a second time. That's why I answered the door. Love it. So let's, uh, let, let's roll into some of the questions, and, uh, and thank you. So I want to start off with your dad, um, as I've spoken to you and read you know, some of the, uh, the book that you put out. I, I, I start to see a lot of what I read about um, in your dad and, and then your mom with the heart that it seems like she has that, that you've uh, explained in, in the books that I've read and, and stuff. So you know, I would say maybe what, what, what sticks out uh, being a son of a coach, because your coach was, you know, I say son of a gun, you know, you're a son of a coach. And uh, so what did you grab from your dad and uh, where did he coach and, and, uh, and then maybe a little something from your mom? You know, all of us that were blessed to have great parents, you know, you talk all the time, you can't pick your parents, but you can make decisions beyond that mm -hmm. and so forth. When you're blessed like I was to have parents like I did, shame on me if I didn't pay attention. You know, if I didn't listen, if I didn't uh, uh, really try to assess the impact they were having. Um, we lived on campus when I was growing up. My dad was the head coach at Baldwin-Wallace College for 23 years. Uh, when I was born, he was the head coach at Mentor High School in Ohio. Had 34 straight wins going, left and became the head coach at Maslin High School, which back in those days, you know, that, that was a big deal. You're uh, born when you're one of... Is that, that's Maslin's where when you're born as a boy, they give you they give you a football. That's right. How's at that the hospital. Culture? That's right. Yeah. And uh, then he went back to his alma mater, which was Baldwin Wallace College. And so really from the time I was five all the way through college, we lived on campus. They didn't pay small college coaches very much, but they did give them a home. And our home was next to the stadium. So, you know, we always talk about that balance trying to find, make sure we do a good job as a husband, a parent, you know, and, but still have that passion to, to win. Mm -hmm. um, he got to do all that with us next door. And so I got to watch everything. And what really struck me was the impact that he had on his student athletes and really all the students at the university. He was the athletic director. He was the head of the health and physical education department. Um, it was an amazing impact. You could just see it. Uh, and then my mom was that times 10. She was not the coach of anything, not, no title whatsoever, but uh, she was extraordinary. Every day she woke up, she's going to serve somebody. Serving people. It's just, she's, it, it didn't matter. The answer was always yes. If they called Eloise, the answer was yes. She would help. And so when you get a chance to see that, um, you've got an advantage. You've got a head start. 
Now, one of the things that I really deal with in my mind right now is as I look at our society and so forth, um, there are some who have that great advantage and there are many that don't. And we've got to be there for both. We've got to keep those that have that advantage uh, with the proper perspective and those that don't have that advantage, we have to come up with a way to help them learn what impact they can have, what it's going to take to realize their dreams, uh, you know, what life is all about. And that's why I've loved this chapter of being in education uh, because I was in football for 38 years and, yeah. you know, just focused. I'm going to just jump you know. the gun. That, that was one of the things I was going to ask you is, is what, what things do you think you brought with you transitioning over from winning as a football coach to being a coach of a university? You know, mm -hmm. the, the, they call it the president. Sure. And so what things coincide to winning? Well, if you're going to be successful, I believe it begins with relationships relationships with your people, uh, the relationships with your customers, the relationships with your community. Uh, life is about relationships, especially if you're going to be impactful. Uh, yeah. The same is true as a coach and a president. Uh, also, life is about learning. And I was going into a new arena. Now, granted, I had been in higher education for 38 years in a very myopic area. I was somewhat aware of the whole, but not, you know, I, I was certainly no expert on the whole. Uh, and so that passion to learn about what's important to everyone, all of your colleges, all of your faculty, all of your students, uh, moving away from your, you know, small interest, uh, I think that gives you a chance if you learn and learn and learn and relearn. Uh, and so if you take those relationship skills, if you take that communication skill, which I always say the number one uh, trait of a good communicator is they're a great listener. They're an intentional listener. You know, some people you're talking with them and, you know, they, may, they may pretend that they're listening, yeah. but, you know, they're, they're peeking out to see who else is around or, yes. or in their mind they're thinking about something else. Intentional listening is exhausting. We always talk about greatness is exhausting. Well, to me, those are the two biggest things. Uh, and then I guess the third one would be I've been fortunate both in my coaching life uh, and I'm trying to develop in this new career of having great people around you and developing them and, and uh, being there for them, knowing what is important when to them. When you say developing them, how, how, what, what, would, what would you say are some techniques or strategies to develop people? You know, because it's one thing to have the people and, and recruit the people and then you know if it's in sports but then it's another thing to develop them right and I think you'll see programs that get a lot of talent sometimes they can't win I would have to assume that one of the things that maybe they're missing is, is developing because I, I know from a leadership standpoint in business I've watched that it's not just attracting talent but you have to be able to develop that talent uh, for, for what it is that they're looking looking to do so you know any strategies from, you say, we have to develop the people. Well, right. what do you do to develop people? Well, you and I have talked a lot about the fact that what's critical in your development of people is understanding what they're thinking, understanding what's important to them, understand why they're heading in the direction they're heading strategically and, and in, in their own development of their people and so forth. Uh, 
We used to have a little acronym, W-A-Y-T. What are you thinking? I really want to know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And having as many opportunities as you can to, to listen. You know, we talk about our surveys and we talk about meetings for hours and hours and hours because we want to know what our people are thinking. I think anytime you get together and you have those conversations or those exercises of writing what you're thinking or whatever, two things can happen and both of them are good. One is you can get some great ideas. The people you're working with, my players gave me the best ideas. My students now at Youngstown State, they give, I have a group called the Presidential Mentors, and once a month they mentor me. 30 people, all grade levels, all majors, all ethnicities, all preferences, you name it. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear what they're thinking. So the first thing that can happen when you get together like that is you come up with great ideas. And the second thing, which may be equally as important, is you can clarify why it is this is the plan. I used to tell my guys all the time, I know you go back to the dorm after practice or after a workout and talk in the dorm like, I can't believe we're not doing lunges or I can't believe we're not blitzing more. Or, I can't. You know, they're always talking and they're always studying the game because they love it. So I want to know what they're thinking. What, are they back there saying, I don't know why we're doing this. I want you to say to me, why are we doing this? We want to know. I want to know. So that, and that's one of the big ones that I've gotten from you is, is trying to create an environment to where I'm always asking right. for people's opinion and not allowing myself to get offended or to feel like mm -hmm. I have to come up with all the ideas without creating buy-in, you know, from others, right. which comes from listening, you know, sure. to these to these people. So, it's, you know, I think that takes a, a level of humility, you know, when you say to ask them to mentor you. Um, you know, well, I think we that's to, probably we used big. to always want to be able to say at the end of the day when we had the plan made and we were going to go forward is, hey, that this is our plan. You know, hey, this was your idea. This wasn't my idea. I love the idea. Let them create the idea yeah. with you. And the buy-in, if there is ownership in the plan, is extraordinary. And I think that is one of the critical, there's a lot of ways you can develop. I mean, just like you do, I'm sure, you know, you assign reading, you do, you know, you, you push them. Uh, I've always felt, or maybe have grown to believe that one of the key components of leadership is to help people understand what it's going to take for them to reach their dreams. That's critical. You know, so often guys so will come in. So how do you go about that? Well, let's just take the football side of things. All my guys at Ohio State came in and they were going to go to the NFL. That's what they were. So my job is to say, you know, that's a very few. Here's what it takes. Let's study the people who have been successful at that. What do they look like? How fast are they? How many reps on the 225 did they do? What's their shuttle run? What's their film look like? What kind of team guy are they? What's their production at their position, et cetera? Mm -hmm. And put that out in front of them because the worst thing I think we could do is say, oh, that's what you'd like to do. And, yeah. and then let them try to figure it out on their own. Right. So you find what it is that they really say that they want, yeah. <clears throat> what they say that they want. And then you go back and create a way to communicate clearly what it's going to take to achieve what they want. Right. 
and then uh, you should be able to hopefully either decide at that point they want to pursue that type of greatness or they don't. And if they do, yep. then you can hold them accountable to the vision. In all the phases of their life, because they have dreams other than the ones that are professional. Absolutely. And, and that's so critical. Uh, that's what you do with the Block O. That was our Block O at Ohio State, our Wheel of Life at Youngstown State. I mean, it, it wasn't a 1AA, 1A thing. It was a real life thing. And, but it began with them saying what they were interested in in those areas and then helping them create the plan for how do we accomplish that. Yep. Short range, but also their dreams. What are you dreaming about? Okay. Yeah, I think so, so that was, you know, for people that haven't seen it, what, what you're talking about, the wheel of success or the block O, it's, mm -hmm. you know, for, I created it for the, for the agency and, it, and I have it all written down. I have them do it at the mm -hmm. end of the year going into the next year. And then I even did it with my wife. So in my office and in my house, I have it framed with these different levels of what the short term and what the long term is in the caring and giving area, which mm -hmm. I believe was one mm -hmm. of them. Uh, the other area is family goals. Spiritual. Right? Spiritual there, and ethical family, goals. There's family, caring and giving, giving goals. and ethical and spiritual. That's, we, that's the top of the block O, the top of the wheel of life. And that really is who you are. You know, how many touchdowns you make or how much money you make, that's what you do. Yep. There's a difference between who you are and what, what you, you do. do. Now, we didn't apologize for wanting to do. You know, so on the bottom three on our block O and our wheel was football. I knew that was our guy's favorite subject. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So what are your dreams? What are your goals? How are we going to do that? The health and physical conditioning and strength. And to me, they felt as if that was important because they knew it was important to football but it gave us an opportunity to say, hey, that's what life's about. I don't care how much money Stand you make. Staying in good condition, yeah. watching out after your exercise and physical fitness right. for life, You're going to perform better as a, you know, Arius agencies or Youngstown State football. The better strength, conditioning, health, sleep, proper diet, keeping the wrong things out of your body, mm -hmm. that exercise, mm -hmm. that is we wanted to plant those seeds. And remember, we were working with 18-year-olds, and their focus, they had a lot of different focuses, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. But if you plant the seeds, and we used to tell our staff all the time, don't get mad that the seeds aren't sprouting right away, or that maybe they don't even sprout in the four years you have them. What's important is will you have given them those seeds to sprout for the rest of their lives, because as we talk all the time, when the tough times come, you know, you're going to have to have a tremendous foundation to handle them, and the tough times are going to come. Yeah. I remember asking you early on um, when I would bring my list of questions, and, uh, you know, I start out, one of the early on things I, I asked you, I know I asked because I remember the answer pretty clearly, uh, how do you handle the stressful times? How do you handle when, when life brings you, you know, stress? And so what, what I've you know, what I believe in and what I've learned and what I've, you know, preached to others and try to develop other people to do is, you know, mind, body, spirit. That's what we call mm -hmm. it. Mom, it's in my mission statement mm -hmm. of, the, of, of my business. So, you know, mentally, when I, what I heard some of the things outside of, you know, one of the non-physical things was perspective mm -hmm. that you talked about building offensive line and how, you know, how grateful that we are to just be in a situation we're in where there's some kid that's really messed up somewhere. But, 
I remember you saying, well, exercise, you know, I'll, I'll do, you know, this long of uh, cardio, in, you know, in the morning, or I try to do this and, and reading some scripture and here's some of my, you know, scriptures. And, and basically in so many words, you tell me mind, body, spirit, yep. which is because I, I remember being all excited right, about it. Going back to the <clears throat> fundamentals, you know, whenever we would have not as good a year as we would like, we would always go back to the fundamentals. And the fundamentals was the wheel of life. It was the block O of life. Sometimes you can get so excited about some of your goals and what you do that you rob time away from working on what you are and who you are. And I remember one time at Youngstown State, we had gone four straight years to the national championship. And I can't remember if I told you We're talking story. fundamentals. You're going yeah. right up to talk about yeah. fundamentals. I know. I'm with it. And so we're rolling. Well, we graduate a lot of guys, and we got a young bunch coming back, and we don't have a good year. And so... So four we, years in a row. Yep. And then boom. Boom. So sometimes, you know, coaches or bosses... That could relate to business, know, yeah, life. They, they, blame it on, they blame it on the players. They said, well, you know, what we wanted to do was go back and look internally and say, okay, what did we not do as we look back? Well, we took all of our practice schedules and we did a data analysis. And what happened during those four straight years of national championships, we played 15 games each year. And so you had to add little wrinkles to your game plan because you were playing so much and so forth. And we were stealing time away from individual period in practice of working on our fundamentals. Mm. So we found that the amount of minutes spent on just fundamentals of good football were... Went down. Went down, okay. and we were starting to do more gingerbread. We were starting to do more gimmick. Outside the box. Outside. Yeah. And so after that year, we said, hey, look, that's on us because the practice schedule we put out, they do. And we, we were not working developing on the, fundamentals. the fundamentals. And so yep. when adversity hits in life, in business, in whatever your dreams are, fundamentals are the key. Get back to the fundamentals. Yep. So the fundamentals for life, when you would say, you know, you're dealing with stress, dealing with adversities. What, what part of the fundamentals for you? Because you can't speak for everybody else or mm -hmm. we've talked about our beliefs and how mm -hmm. you don't, think they're better or worse than anybody mm -hmm. or force that upon anybody. Right. But for you, uh, what is your fundamentals to get back to when you're going through tough times? You know, I think an overriding reminder for me as I would go back to my fundamentals would be uh, never losing sight of how grateful one needs to be. And because when it starts going the other way, you start blaming others, you blame God, you blame whatever. And, and you lose that gratitude. We called it the attitude of gratitude. And so always kind of resetting back, regardless of what the situation is. Being grateful for what you do. Being have. grateful for mm -hmm. all the blessings that you've had. Mm -hmm. Then now it's time to dig into your fundamentals. In my mind, those spiritual, those moral, those ethical fundamentals of who you want to be, because again, Nobody's taking their rings with them when they die. No one's taking their money with them, so forth. But you're taking your impact. You're taking, did you care for others? Did you follow God's plan? Were you obedient? You know, all of those things. So 
going back to the fundamentals spiritually, uh, I, I can remember a couple different times, heck, several times, when when it was it was it some tough things going on, saying, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to study one of the Psalms each day, and and I'm, I'm going to read and study and take in that Psalm each day. And what was mind-boggling to me, what, there's 148 psalms or something crazy, and every day the psalm that I studied over that five-month period or whatever had everything to do with what was going on. And it, it, it grounded and it, it recentered and so forth. Also, I think... It's part of my daily uh, scriptures, Proverbs and Psalms. Yep, wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, wisdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're when times are tough. What do you need most? Wisdom as to how to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when times are going tough, not eliminating that that time where you're helping others. Because you know, so often if you're up against, you say, "Oh man, I got to go out and make more sales calls. I got to go out and watch more film. I got to go out and what will I eliminate? I'll eliminate some." time serving others or I'll eliminate time with my family because who is the one that always takes the brunt of that lack of time it's the family I mean there's you know many of us preach that our faith and our family comes above our football or our business oftentimes uh, I've heard people say you can really tell what's important to someone if you check their calendar and the checkbook and the checkbook you know so Going back to those fundamentals, uh, and it, it's, th there's a sense of uh, peace to that. Does that mean you're going to go out and have a great sales year? No. Does that mean you're going to go out and have a great football year? No. But you're going to go out and have a great year, and, or a great month, or a great six months. And, and so there's something liberating, there's something peaceful about being grateful regardless of the situation, and working on those fundamentals. I had an athletic director, remember Joe Malmaser? <laughs> he was the athletic director that hired me at Youngstown State. Okay. And I remember I was 32 years old, <coughs> never been a head coach, you know, and all that. And, and here I'm at YSU and, and uh, he, he called me in like my first day or two. He said, hey, look, I know you're gonna have a lot of ideas and this and that. He says, you don't come and see me unless it has to do with blocking and tackling, unless it's fundamental to what's important to those kids, important to your program, you keep the fundamentals in mind or don't come see me. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, I have, uh, if we could switch gears a little bit, uh, one of the other questions I had was, you know, how do you, when you start serving and, and helping people, you know, how do you learn to balance when to say no or mm -hmm. that I can't? Because... You know, I know your heart and, and, you know, on a smaller scale, you know, I can relate to some of the things and can only imagine in, in the, the direction that you get pulled. Um, it's hard for me, you know, to, you know, you talk about the balance and it, for me, it's when they say you put your, you know, uh, God, family, then, then whatever. Uh, I don't know if the hours, you know, if I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong, but you know, I feel like I'm doing it right. You know, I always, I, I try to go back and say, you know, what do I think my kids would give me A to F? What do I think my wife would give me A to F? I think for sure I'd be on the honor roll, you know, with them. I don't know if I get all A's, but I think <laughs> I got a couple B's in there, uh, but some A's. Mm -hmm. But if I look at that schedule, 
you know, to build something special, uh, you may need to put in some 80-hour work weeks, 70-hour work weeks, where it's impossible to, uh, especially in season, you know, I can imagine you got Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan coming up, ain't going to be um, not a grind in, in some mm -hmm. way to prepare for that. Um, and then you sleep 40, 50 hours, hopefully, so you only got 30 hours left. I don't know if the, the word balance does it right for people at some times. I think, you know, they, they think of balance, they think of a weighted uh, weighted thing. You know, that's how you balance. You put 50 pounds here, mm -hmm. 50 pounds here. I don't know if you could put the same amount of hours in everything right. and, and, uh, and, and move. So what would you speak to that uh, as far as, you know, finding a way mm -hmm. to balance, but you'll never be able to, I don't think, balance the hours. Yeah, I'm probably the worst, uh, you know, person that could answer that question because I'm 100 years old and still haven't figured that out. Uh, but I, I do think this, there's a vicious battle going on for your mind and there's a vicious battle going on for your time. How you handle those battles is going to have everything to do with what you're going to be able to become, whether it's the husband you can become, or the father, or the friend, uh, or the community servant, or the uh, salesperson, or the coach. Um, and I think that vicious battle is ongoing. I, mean, I don't think it ever stops. I think you, you know, people talk a lot about there's formulas for that. Okay, go block out one weekend a month, go block out whatever. Um, I've tried that, but you know, all of a sudden that blocked out day, uh, one of my former players has got a crucial need. You know, I'm probably going to lose that block on that day. Um, you don't want to get in the habit of that. You, you do want to have certain standards that you try to set by. I've found it's a little bit easier to do it by the day. So if I can block out that first two hours of the morning before anything comes up, I've got a chance you mm -hmm. know, to, to work on some things uh, that are beyond my professional uh, desires. And, uh, but I'm not sure there are any harder battles that you have than, than the ones for your mind and the one for your time. Yep. And so, um, you know, we started out talking about saying no. You know, how are you able to gauge uh, or how do you separate for somebody that's say getting busy and I'm trying to do it with business, I'm trying to do it with family, I'm trying to do it with service and I'm trying to, and then you start having some success and, and what, the more success you have, the more people that are coming to pull something from you, mm -hmm. whether it's money or, or sure, wisdom or time, time or whatever. Yeah. How do you, how do you do it? You know, I, I think if you. Um, Cause you can't say yes to everything. No, you can't. No. Uh, and, Amazingly, I, I tell uh, Ellen all the time, you know, for every one yes, I, I have 15 no's, but you know, what adds up are all the yeses. And so, yeah, there's times when I've done a better job with it than others. I remember when I first got to Ohio State, uh, I remember talking with Lou Holtz and Joe Paterno. So they, they were kind of like, you know, decades ahead of me in terms of- yeah, We call of, them the OGs. Old guys? OGs. Oh, no, not old guys. Okay. That's a good one, though. Okay. Uh, OGs, I think, for the most part, in, in, for, for young folks 
and uh, you know, street people, old is original gangsters. Oh, original gang. Okay, original they're the OGs. Now. I like so that. So that's what I, like I reckon. You know, I, I okay. say you're an OG. OG. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were calling old me, guys. I thought you were calling me an old guy all along. Man, the players better. never taught you to OGs. <laughs> no. All the players you had, I ain't no. buying it. No, but and I remember uh, both uh, Lou and Joe asking me at different times. I said, "How do you handle what everyone wants you to do?" And I remember getting a couple cute stories from them. Bottom line was they said, it's rough. I mean, some months, weeks, years, I handle it okay. Some I don't. I remember in 1989 or so, I called up uh, Joe Paterno when I was at YSU, and I wanted him to speak at the coaches clinic we had. And I knew it was a, you know, it was a long shot and so forth. But I'll never forget uh, his secretary's response to me, I really didn't talk with him. Uh, she called me back and she said, Coach Paterno would love to help out, but you know, he thinks to, at this moment, his team needs his total attention and he's not taking any outside speaking this particular year. And that, you know, I've, I've used that in my mind some, I haven't done great, but, but I remember Lou Holtz telling me when he was at Notre Dame, he said, you know, I tried to please everybody. I went everywhere. And, you know, Notre Dame's an all-over-the-world place. Yeah. And he said, by the end of it all, he said, he said they just chewed me up. You know, I was just going every which way but up, and I wasn't doing as good a job with my students right there on campus. And, and he said, I came to the conclusion that when I go somewhere to speak or whatever, there's only one person happy. And he says, it's not me, because I know I've got some other work to do. And really, he said, it's not the audience, because they're going to forget within a day what I talked to him about. He said, the only guy happy is the guy that got me to come, because he goes around for the next five years saying, I got Lou Holtz to come to this thing. Yeah. And so, but, you know, it was his cute way of saying, hey, I haven't figured it out either. Coach Paterno was cute. I remember what he said. He said, oh, I got two things that I could help you with. Now, remember, I'm a however old I was, 40-some-year-old at Ohio State, new at that level and yep. all that, and he said... And the, bat and the battle is not, you know, because you fight so hard to stay humble. I mean, I think you and Jim Serace represent uh, two people that I try to emulate when it comes to as soon as people try to make you a big deal, you're, you're just uh, living, walking, walking proof of how how you focus on staying humble and I know you try to do everything for the community and, and for everybody so you know I know that has to be a hard battle because when you do say no or you get a chance where you can't make it I know you're thinking man I know oh, these yeah. people probably think I don't want them to think that I don't yeah, right, care right, I don't yeah. want it that I lost sure. my humility you know right. there goes JT's over yeah. the moon now oh, he's too know. big for us that's now. it now <laughs> I don't want to come to Youngstown yeah. or whatever so but coach I, Paterno said first of all make your fee too high he said, sure, I'll be happy to come, but here's what it's going to cost. And then he laughed. And he said, the other one, though, that was even a little more pragmatic than that was I decided that if they wanted me to be there, they have to send a plane to get me. I speak before the event, you know, before the dinner, and I'm back home in State College, Pennsylvania in time to get rest so I can be ready for the next day for my people. Mm -hmm which, you know, I never got to either of those. I never got to the high fees or the private plane speaking before dinner because just think about it. It's the, uh, it's the banquet for our economics club or whatever. 
or for our, you know, our business college. And they said, well, you I mean, know, you're speaking you can just, high schools. Yeah, you can just come and you can say hello and then leave. I think, well, these moms and dads there see their kid get an award. The kid's proud. He's done all this work. To me, it doesn't look right. And now sometimes if you have three things in an evening, like a college president does, sometimes you do have to bounce. But I don't like to make as a norm that I'm just going to come and say hello and be gone because, uh, you know, that's not what it's all about. But again, this topic, you need to find a better expert because I have not figured it out, and, but I'm battling. You just like being you know. great. It's exhausting to be great. Well, but I want to be great at being a dad, too. I want to be great at, you know, being a friend. I want to be so... Um, I'm just grateful that uh, that I have that battle because you know there's a lot of people that that's not a problem. Truth. You know they don't they don't have that opportunity to uh, you know to see if they can be as helpful at least or they haven't found it. Um, but but it is a tough one. And if any of the viewers out there or the listeners have the answer, man, send an email to YSU and yes. give me the formula. Yes. <laughs> yes. So why don't we end on this? <clears throat> you know I think as um a good uh, you, you try to serve people and help people and, uh, you know, as a head coach and as the president of a university, it's going to be impossible to make every player happy uh, for playing time or, you know, whatever, what decisions that you make. And same, I would assume with the running a university that nobody's ever 100% happy. You got things that people don't agree with, the decisions that you make. Uh, how do you, and let, we'll end on this, how do you balance uh, or how have you tried to balance uh, the sense of I want to care for people, serve people, and be nice to people, but to win can spread out over anything, mm -hmm. to whether it's raising children or running something or being a leader or whatever. You're never going to be able to win and make decisions that are comfortable for people. And so how do you balance that? Because you've had to been able to balance making tough calls, tough decisions that people don't like sure. and balancing the, the heart of it all. You know, I think if you could just give every effort to be as inclusive as you can to having people aware of how the decision came to be, which means clear expectations, clear mission goals, and so forth, uh, lots of input throughout the course of it, uh, and the reality that, you know, not everyone is first string, not everyone plays the role they want to play. But again, I'll go back to Coach Paterno, learning uh, from afar with him. I remember reading one time, he said, the best indication of the morale of your team is the morale of the person on the team with the least perceived role. That last guy that mm. might have a duplicate number mm -hmm. and he only gets to dress for the home games and he goes to practice and no one knows his name. Yes. If he's being treated properly and he believes you care and you've done a good job of communicating what it's going to take to get in the game, what you need to do, and if, if you do your best with that and that person's morale is solid, feels good about being part of that group, uh, chances are everyone else up the ladder has a chance to have the right kind of morale. Good culture. But I'll say this, 
your, your point about those decisions you have to make, that's probably the reason someone doesn't end up being a CEO forever or the head coach forever or a college president forever. In fact, if you look at major corporations or colleges, this July 2019, Dr. Michael Drake and I will be the most senior presidents of the public universities in the state of Ohio. Wow. I've only been there five years. Wow. Michael's only been there five it's years. NFL is three and a half years. Yeah. It's the that, average yeah. lifespan for, for uh, uh, players, they right. say. Yeah. Statistics And show. head coaches now, I mean, shoot, they're, they're firing them after three games. Uh, in, the, in the NBA, it's crazy. I can't keep track of who. So, you know, it's... The reality is you do your best to have that morale of everyone that every, everyone is, has got value, is cared about, is treated properly, has input, is important. But you won't make everybody happy. But still, the reality is nothing's forever. Mm -hmm. So give me an example. Let's say you're not a coaching example, a business or, or running a university. Uh, somebody's not performing. Um, you want to have that conversation of, you know, at some point you think you may need to put in the backup quarterback or mm -hmm. draft somebody else. How do you start to, because you mentioned, well, you, you set clear expectations mm -hmm. and then the whole time you're bringing it up. Constant what, evaluation. Walk me through that. Yeah. Con to me, people ask all the so time. So you would define what you yeah. want and what's not Here's happening first. Here's what we first. expect. We're going to evaluate you constantly. We evaluated our players every day. We graded them every day. Every day. Every day. They had one of five grades. They either got an NC, which meant National Champion Day, BT, which meant Big Ten Champion Day, which is pretty good, A, which is just average. And if we want to be six and five. A was just average. A was just average. Then, I like that. Then we would have. Most people's A's are great. A's yeah, just, that's just, just starting average. to be average that's for right. you. If you want to be great, we got to go two notches above an A. That's right. I like that. And then the fourth one was an L, which was a losing day. Now, it didn't mean you were a loser. We used to talk a lot about you evaluate the performance, not the performer. Not the person. Right. But if you got an L, if we put you in, we're not going to win with that performance. And then the fifth one, the worst one, oh my gosh, you can't have it. It was an MB. Maize and blue. You did so poorly. Your performance was so poor, you were helping them. Helping Michigan win. And and oh, Lord, man. Lord have mercy, Good we can't Lord. help Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Yes, Thank sir. you for uh, your time. Appreciate it. One of the OGs. OG, old gangster. Old, old and great. Original gangster. The original, original gangster. gangster. Thanks, thanks for your time. Down.